What Do We Do? A podcast discussing wealth management and financial planning. Introducing listeners to the leaders in our community. Hosted by the founder and CEO of Great Lakes Wealth, Dewey Steffen. Alongside WWJ Midday News anchor, Brooke Allen. Hey, I'm Brooke Allen. Our goal with the What Do We Do podcast is to educate listeners on topics that impact your financial growth, your retirement, and your lifestyle. And I'm Dewey Steffen. Join us twice a month as we welcome some of today's leaders in the community for conversations that can help with investment decisions so you can plan for and live your best life. Here's Dewey Steffen alongside Brooke Allen. Well, hello, everyone out there in YouTube land, podcast world. This is Dewey Steffen, co-host of the What Do We Do podcast. This is episode two of season two, but this is actually the first episode here in our brand new studio with our brand new co-host, the amazing Brooke Allen. And before we introduce Brooke, I'd like to make sure that everyone downloads, subscribes, goes to Podcast Nation of Spotify, Apple iTunes, go to our YouTube channel and check us out, hit the bell. So with all the new episodes, you're the first to get the ring ding ding and know what's going on. And also, please go back and listen to episode one, the Zoom interview that we did with the amazing Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank. Check that out. And without any further ado, now that that's been said, Brooke (laughs) Allen, welcome to the What Do We Do podcast. Hey, thank you so much. It's so nice to be here. This is fantastic. We are so excited to have you on board for season two. You're going to have to put up with me (laughs) two times a month. I think I can. I think I can. I'm not sure. No. Best of luck and best of (laughs) intentions for sure. But we are going to rock it out of the park. Uh, With that, I do want to formally introduce you and welcome you to the show. I know that you were born and raised in Michigan. I was. But after that, I have no idea what's going on with you and your life and nor do our watchers, our viewers, our listeners. So (laughs) please give us a little background on yourself. Okay. Uh, Let's see. We will start. Uh, It was a rainy day. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, When I was born. No. Uh, So I was born in Wayne, Michigan. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm an only child, um, but I would like to think that I'm not the typical only child. Right. Spoiled rotten. Right. Right. Uh, So I have fought that perception my whole life pretty much. But uh, no, you know, I grew up in Wayne, but I always wanted uh, to leave, honestly, Michigan and pursue acting. Uh, So when I turned 18, I did stick around. I went to Eastern Michigan University with um, a theater scholarship uh, and at the end of that year, my one professor said, you know what, you should just go. You should just go try and see what you can do. So I went to California. I probably should have gone to New York because acting on stage was kind of my thing, uh, but I didn't. I went to California because I had an aunt and uncle who I could live with, so that made rent much cheaper, right? Uh, but it was an amazing thing. They say, go west, young man, but it was actually, go, <laughs> go west, west, young woman. Exactly. Okay, exactly. got it. So no, you know it. And honestly, I lived in California for many years, survived many earthquakes, covered many floods, many fires. I started my news career. Um, actually, on the 405, I heard one of those ads for, you know, go to radio school, television school, do this. And uh, so I did. And I ended up landing a job in Yuba City, California, which is kind of in northern California near Sacramento. So I did that and then uh, finally trickled back down to Southern California where I was a traffic reporter in LA 
uh, and it was very awesome. So, so a very cool career. I did get married there. I did have a daughter um, there. And uh, so she loves to say she's a native Californian, even though she lives in Michigan. She came back to Michigan. <laughs> she did. Everyone who goes west comes back, comes back. to the Midwest. Exactly. I don't right? know if that's true, but we'll roll with it. <laughs> So yeah, so that's kind of uh, where we are. And of course, um, I stayed in Michigan. I grew up here. So happy to see uh, friends and family again. And then I got married again and have my Twinkies, uh, who I lovingly refer to, Carson and Daisy, of course. Those are your twins those for all of twins. those who yes. don't yes. know, right? <laughs> exactly, yes. If you're not my friend on Facebook, then you don't know. But people who are my friends just are always, it's so funny when they meet them in person. Hello, Twinkies. How are you? And they're nine, and they're not really digging that anymore. So I've got to kind of get away from that. That's uh, beautiful. And as an apparent, that uh, you have that type of relationship, and hopefully you'll carry that, right? Whether they're 10, 15, 20, 25, forever they'll be your Twinkies. Exactly, exactly. And you. You just sent your first kid off to college. Yes. So I just sent my oldest for everyone coming back from season one knows I have three children and my oldest is Jackson and he is 18 now. Just mm -hmm. happened in the last month. He is off to the university, uh, Loyola University in Chicago. So we wish him well. Mm -hmm. We told him he is gone and he is never to come back. <laughs> he is 18. Just kidding everyone out there. Uh, but yes, so uh, a new endeavor for him as a parent, certainly a new uh, endeavor for me. And then my other two um, just started back up in school here recently for um, James being a freshman at uh, Plymouth High School here locally. Uh, go Cats! Mm -hmm. And then uh, my daughter Jillian, seventh grade. She is is just the uh, star of the show, and uh, we wish them well as they start this new endeavor of uh, back in school. Fingers in crossed, person. right? Yes. All the variants. Yes. Stay away. Let's get back to reality. Right, right. Okay. And and that's how we're able to be here in person. Yes. You know, so it's amazing to actually be, you know, on the set with you in person, being able to look at you, not you know, looking at static or a Zoom or, you know, just having to schedule those. Because if I never see a Zoom link again, I'll be okay. Understood. Unfortunately, you will. I know. I right? Know, right. But uh, the six feet hopefully <laughs> takes care of all the business. Right. And uh, with that, again, welcome. Thank you so much. We're so happy you're here. We're so fired up. Um, your current, uh, you know, career besides this, I mean, this is, I mean, big time. <laughs> It is with our Side new production hustle. company, let me tell you that. As a matter of fact, the set again. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you are an on-air personality here locally. I am. Right? So maybe talk about that just for a minute, yep, and then we'll get it. the uh, show started. Okay. Well, no. So I am the midday anchor on WWJ on air from 10 to 2. You know, you can always, usually people say, oh, say the time check. So it's always, you know, WWJ news time is 508. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, love to say WWJ News Radio 950. 950. <laughs> and in fact, that's how we met. Okay, right. right? Because I uh, interview was set up with you and we talked and it was, you know, it was great to talk to you. Honestly, I love learning about the financial world because it's so different to me. And there's so many questions, you know, and so often people call the station or email me and say, hey, do you know this? Or can you talk to someone about this? And that's honestly what I hope I bring uh, to this podcast are just those questions of people who are maybe not wealthy, uh, maybe just starting to invest or whatever, but there's so much out there that needs to be understood, right? 
Hundred percent, right? And so that's why uh, the podcast was started last year. And so we're going to continue on that mission of sharing with our community um, all things financial, the questions, timely topics, mm-hmm. timeless subjects, <laughs> right. if you will. We call those evergreen in the news world. Evergreen, that's <laughs> it. And so your perspective, you're going to be bringing those to. Great Lakes Wealth and to Dewey Stefan. And we are going to do our best to share our advice, share our knowledge, explain, help to identify what opportunities may be there because of whatever it is that's going on or that you're bringing to our attention. So we are going to continue as we did last year with two episodes a month. One is going to be with a special guest a uh, leader in the community, if you will, mm-hmm. who's going to share his or her knowledge and uh, wisdom and experience. And then the other one will be you and I digging chatting into it a, chatting it up, digging <laughs> into something. Up. Let's do it. So right. um, with that, again, we're excited to have you here, lady uh, listeners, viewers. We're all excited for season two, episode two today. We are going to talk about myths, mm-hmm. investing myths. You came to me, Brooke, and we started talking about this and you're like, there's a lot of things out there about investing that I don't think are true. <laughs> and if they're true, I mean, let's talk about them, right? right so right, we actually sure. did a little bit of research and we actually, uh, with the help of our team, we found maybe 25 or more myths, mm-hmm. things that we don't really think are true that people kind of take as a standard. So with that, uh, talking about myths, you might not know this, Brooke, but here at Great Lakes Wealth and the What Do We Do podcast, we believe that everyone should achieve, uh, try to achieve anyway, a perfect 10. Okay. Gymnasts do it. Mm-hmm. Divers do it. The perfect 10, right? Well, listen, who wants to be a perfect 10 if you could be a perfect 11? Exactly. Let's try to push it to a new level. Okay. So when we give lists around here, we come up with the top 10. Mm-hmm. We add one more. Bonus. Booyah. And so we make it the uh, top 11. Okay. 10 plus one bonus, right? <laughs> Who wants to be one once when you can be number one twice? twice. <laughs> okay. So with that, we have a list of uh, maybe 11 myths. We do. Uh, for today, 10 plus a bonus. So why don't we get into them? Okay, perfect. And uh, I'll let you just ask away and I'll try not to screw it up too bad. Okay. So Dewey, the first question, myth number one, and you know, I've often thought this myself, that you need a lot of money to to invest. True or false? False. Really? Yes. First thing we always say is you just need to start investing. Go grab one penny, two pennies, 10 cents, a dollar, a hundred dollars. But no, you do not need a lot of money to invest, especially in today's day and age. You can use an online service, an app, and for as little as $10, $25, $100, you can go and you can open an account. So if that's too much money or a lot of money for investing, Mm -hmm. we have another conversation that we would have to have. (laughs) But no, are you kidding me? With technology and with this day and age, you absolutely don't need a lot of money to get started. But, and Brooke, (laughs) Brooke, there's more to our show than just answering questions. We like to give quotes once in a while. Okay, give me one. Albert Einstein once said, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He, and I add, or she, (laughs) who understands it, earns it. (laughs) He or she who doesn't, 
pays it. So what that means is you don't need much to start, but for it to compound into something, you need to continue to add and have a lot of time so that you are always adding and the time is always compounding the returns into this future fortune. Okay, so when you say time, you're not talking about time on the clock. You're talking about years. You got it. I mean, you got it. One second into one hour, into one day, to one week, to one year, to one decade. Mm -hmm. Let's all hope we all have one century. (laughs) Right. And absolutely, in some prior podcasts and on our website, greatlakeswealth.us, we have calculators and you can see if you invest and maybe do that, Mm -hmm. put $100 a month and continue to compound and add $100 a month for so many years, you'll see this fortune. Um, And it's very important. So absolutely, you don't need much to get started. But the more you add, the longer you have. And the more you do, the better you'll be. Okay, so what about do you give yourself a goal of I'm going to invest this for five years and see what happens? Or do you just let it you just keep going? Yes, a whole nother conversation would be on goals based investing. Find out what that goal is. If it's uh, you need $10,000 for something, Mm -hmm. you need to figure out how you're going to do it. A lot of retirement planning is based on I need X to retire. Right. That monthly income, right? That's what you would do with the pile that you have. First, okay. you got to get there. Yep. <laughs> and then you need to then invest backwards, figuring how much you can peel out so you don't run out. How about that? Wow. Okay. All right. I think I'm getting it. Okay. okay. So um, myth number two, investing is complicated. I mean, come on. If I can do it, anyway. anybody can do it, right? It can't be complicated like that for sure. So no, it's not complicated. It can be complicated. If you want to be what's known as a sophisticated investor, mm-hmm. then absolutely it is complicated. And so for uh, many people, it may seem to be complicated, hence where this myth comes from. But no, you can buy passive as opposed to active. Active would be actively managing and tactical and doing things, but you can actually go back to myth number one, invest a small amount of money into what they call passive Mm -hmm. investments, meaning others do it for you. And you can do it for less than pennies um, into what they call passive low cost index funds or ETFs. And so you do not have to be day trading or understanding the financial lingo. Or constantly looking at the market and figuring out what it's doing. You got it. So you do not have to be uh, a sophisticated investor or a person with 25 plus years experience like I do. Mm -hmm. Our firm has over 100 years with all of our employees. We're fired up about that. That's awesome. So I think that's the other part of it doesn't have to be complicated. Just go hire a professional to help you. Mm-hmm. And that's takes it off your plate. Wipes okay. your hands. Okay. I understand that part. But if you, uh, to hire an investor, right, for you, does that mean you have to have a certain amount of money? I mean, if I call you and I say I want to hire you. I mean, obviously, you have to have something to work with to start. Sure. You start by maybe doing it yourself when you're just starting out. Mm -hmm. And then the more uh, wealth that you acquire, maybe that's when you want to bring in someone to help you. If we're all lucky enough to then continue to do well, maybe then, as we say with our private client group here, our Great Lakes private wealth, if you will, they have a team. You have your CPA, your accountant, you have your lawyer, your law team, you have your insurance and your insurance team, you have your financial advisor or advisor. So yes, you'll have a team once you are at a certain level, and that would be the same um, with the more you have, maybe the more you need. Uh, But in the beginning, you don't have to have much, and you 
doesn't have to be complicated. Okay, so uh, myth number three, and I think this is very interesting because uh, to have money, you need to make money, right? But you also, is it a myth that you have to pay off all your debt in order to invest? So another myth that is not true. It's a very important concept Mm -hmm. of paying off your debt, then investing, right? Debt is negative, asset flow, investing is positive asset appreciation. So the answer is you need to pay off bad debt. You need to maybe enhance any good debt. And we could talk about that, what that is, but there are a sequence of events that anyone looking to invest or currently investing should follow. We actually talked about this uh, last year when COVID hit Mm -hmm. because a lot of people were in a precarious situation. They may have had a lot of investments, but they were risky. They may have not had any money in a reserve. They may have had high credit card debt or this and that. So the sequence that we recommend um, the majority of investors follow. And as we do say on here a lot, Brooke, please consult your professional for your specific situation. But in general, before you do anything, you should take whatever money you have and make sure you have three to six months of cash reserves. We also sometimes say cash is king. Mm -hmm. We also sometimes say cash is trash. So that's a prior episode and we'll talk about it this year for sure. (laughs) But um, for this, three to six months of cash reserves, then take whatever you have money after that and pay down any bad debt, service, retire bad debt, restructure your debt. That would be refinancing your mortgage, Mm -hmm. going from a higher number down to a lower number. If you have credit card debt, any debt in the 20s, 21.99 APY or whatever, uh uh-uh, got to go. We would say bad debt is anything over 8%. We really would say 5%, but we want to give people a little bit of wiggle room. So pay down your bad debts Mm -hmm. after you have your cash reserve, and then keep the rest of the debt where it is, take any extra money after that, and then start investing. And the first place to invest would be your 401k, 403b, and you would put money in to get the match if your employer has one because they give you free money. So three to six months cash reserves, pay off any bad debt, Mm -hmm. and then invest in your 401k or 403b typically to get a match. And then you can start to manage other outside accounts. So you'll maybe have a good debt and some good investments. And then it all pays off, right? And then over time, you age, you have different piles. We have another podcast out there from season one where when you're 30, you should be doing one thing. When you're 40, another. When you're 50, 60, 70, 80, we used to say all the way to 100, Brooke. But now there are more centurions out there Mm -hmm. that we call it the 110 club. (laughs) So uh, again, you need to start by paying off bad debt after you have your cash reserves, then invest, and then kind of just, again, uh, manage your personal situation. Okay, cash reserves, though, real quick. Is that also known as the rainy day fund? You got it. Okay. Heck yeah. All right. Okay. I'm okay. going to give you another quote. All right, I'm go ahead. I'm not going to slow us down all episode, <laughs> but this guy, Andrew Tobias, mm-hmm. he has a quote. You want to make 21% risk-free? Pay off your credit cards. Hmm. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. You're, right. pay, you're paying someone else 21% by having that debt. Get rid of that. You're now making 21% yourself if that's your credit card uh, APY. So that's a very good quote from my man, Andrew Tobias. Repeat it one more time. You want to make 21% risk-free? Pay off your credit cards. 
Hey guys, it's Brooke. I want to take a minute to talk to you about Dewey Stefan and his great team at Great Lakes Wealth. Do you feel overwhelmed managing your assets? Well, Great Lakes Wealth offers Wall Street solutions with Main Street values. That is really what they are all about. They will help you develop a custom financial plan utilizing all of your assets and keeping your goals in mind. That is what Great Lakes Wealth is all about, helping you and your family achieve your financial dreams. So go to greatlakeswealth.us to schedule an appointment today and tell them Brooke sent you. So myth number four, uh, the stock market is the best way to grow wealth. Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. So that's not a myth. No, it oh, is a myth okay. for sure. I'm just kidding, everyone. <laughs> Woo. No, uh, again, there are way many other things. I'll ask you this, Brooke, and we'll switch it up a little bit. Okay. Besides uh, stocks, mm -hmm. what do you think, or mutual funds, or what we would call equities, equities, besides equities and what we would call an asset allocation, mm -hmm. what else would there typically be just for someone who is not a sophisticated investor? What do you think some other options or investments besides equities are? What categories? Put money in a coffee can. That would be cash. That actually would be cash. <laughs> okay. So that would be cash. That was not what we recommend for more than that three to six months. And I All don't right. know about that because right. uh, there's no uh, lock on that coffee can. But what else? <laughs> right, right. Okay, so we home. You got it. Real estate. Mm -hmm. Ding, ding, ding. Ring that bell. Okay. Okay, so now we've got uh, equities mm -hmm. and we have real estate. Okay. okay, cash, mm -hmm. the one in the coffee can's not going to help you grow wealth. It just okay. sits there. It's just going to sit it's gotta there. It's got to be things okay. that appreciate, grow okay. wealth. All right. So real estate, yes. Mm, jewelry, probably not. It could be, for sure. I mean, if you had that, uh, that uh, what was it, that big diamond from Titanic? <laughs> right, right. Right. I mean, that sure. might be an investment. Sure. Right. So, so you can have jewelry and collectibles. So, yes, that uh, is absolutely in the category if you find the right... Uh, you know, specific alternative investment, mm -hmm. rare collectible, then sure that you can grow wealth that way. So it technically counts. Okay. So you are the professional. So I'm going to ask this and it may or may not be right. Life insurance. Uh, that's a very great curveball. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, I would not consider that a place for you to grow your wealth. That life insurance policy would help your estate mm -hmm. at your eventual demise. And so right. next generations, it's absolutely a fantastic way of risk management inside your portfolio is insurance. So I would not consider that a way to grow your wealth, okay. but it certainly is a way to leverage and help um, your estate and your estate plan. So maybe that's kind of a... So that would help our kids in the future, correct? If that's who you left the money to, right. yes. Okay, uh -huh. all right. And okay. then another one, you know, so there's bonds. So bonds um, are not really going to help you grow your wealth in a, um, you know, in an exaggerated fashion, but bonds are there. Stocks, bonds, cash, real estate would be the big four. Mm -hmm. um, asset allocation categories, cash is not going to help you grow your wealth per se, but there's newer ones, right? What about gold and precious metals? Mm -hmm. You heard about gold. these? Oh, yes. Oh, gold, yeah. Right? So maybe that's the jewelry. Okay. I mean, um, uh, that's very significant in the in the in the in right environment. It might not be jewelry, gold, but it actually might be gold bars, gold bullion, um, that sort of thing, right? right. Um, in addition, there's this new category mm -hmm. called uh, digital gold. Have you heard of this? Oh yes, 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 yes. yes. Commonly known as NSF. No. Okay, so we're gonna. I, I know what you're trying to say, but we're not even gonna go there. So we're gonna say it would be uh, cryptocurrency. Oh, wait, Non-sufficient funds. Okay. <laughs> Chris, uh, we're going to say uh, cryptocurrencies, right, right. Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin, you okay. got it, Ethereum. There's these things called uh, uh, this thing called the blockchain. Mm -hmm. So digital assets or um, digital gold is cryptocurrency. So that might be an investment that a lot of people today right now mm -hmm. are going to tell you that's how you grow your wealth. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. So we'll see. That's okay. a very risky investment. Uh, but we have uh, two podcasts already um, recorded that talk about that. But those are just a few okay. for this to speed it up. Those are just a few of um, uh, your options mm-hmm. besides investing in the stock market if you want to grow your wealth. So myth number four, the stock market is the best place to invest if you want to grow your wealth. Maybe or maybe not the place. It does average 10% per year over the last 100 years. And so um, investing in the market is definitely not a bad thing, but it's not the only game in town. Okay. 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 All right. So uh, 401k, you know, people always say, oh, I'm going to check my 401k on a good stock market day. Uh, And then some people are going to say, oh, no, don't check your 401k today when the market's tanked. Best way for retirement. So 401k is the only way to save for retirement. Come on, that's a myth. I mean, again, there's not just one size fits all for everyone, right? So the 401k, 403b mm-hmm. are options where you can invest tax sheltered, perhaps, and even tax free, depending on how you structure your retirement plan. But besides that, very simply would be a Roth IRA, a traditional IRA. You can put money back into real estate, into your primary residence. That's actually most people's either largest or second largest investment is their home, right? You have a $100,000 home. 100,000 401k, those are equal. $200,000 home, $300,000 home. You know, you want to have a half a million dollar home and a half million dollar 401k or whatever. So um, absolutely a myth that the 401k is the only vehicle for you to have a successful retirement. But it's a very, very important vehicle, 100% with that or the 403b. Let's give two thumbs up to investing in them. Okay. But there are certainly other options. Okay. All right, so equities are more risky than bonds. True or false? Equities are more risky than bonds. Everyone out there listening, if you're still awake, equities <laughs> are more risky than bonds. That would be a, you would think, a yes. Stocks, mm-hmm. way more risky than bonds. I mean, come on, right? Stocks are crazy. Bonds are safe. This is the balance, right? Right. Is it th- grandparents and modern day? Bonds are back in the day? Well, great a question, but has, uh, not really. Sort of yes, okay, but not right. really. So the the reality is that um, I think it was something like 1980. So you've got uh, 41 years ago, interest rates topped out. Interest rates, depending on whether it was a mortgage rate or a treasury rate or whatever. But in 1980, let's say you could get a 15% CD or a 15% U.S. treasury, okay? Right now it's like a 0.15, not even 1%, but a 0.15 CD or maybe a one point. Five, you know, CD. So from 15 mm-hmm. to 1.5, it's a huge drop in interest rates, right? So for the last 40 plus years, interest rates have come down. So bonds have gone up. They're an inverse relationship. The interest rate on a bond, if it goes down, the price of the bond goes up, okay? Because what you had at 15% is more valuable okay. than the same bond at 1.5. Does that make sense? It does. Well, guess what? The reverse also holds true. So we now have bonds that are at historic lows. Oh. So um, there's a lot of people guessing that they're going to go which direction next? Up. Up. Amen, sister. <laughs> so if they go up, mm-hmm. that means that the price of the bond does what? Goes down. Goes down. <laughs> so if we know rates up, bonds down, that means that that bond is basically destined to Go, go down. Oh, no. Right? The bond is going to go down okay. if the interest rate goes up. Now, there's a maturity value, and so let's not get in the weeds on ultimately the uh, maturity of the bond. But in the v- the volatility, bonds will go down when interest rates go up. Okay? We're okay. at historic lows of interest rates. Fair enough? Mm-hmm. Okay. So in a situation where stocks go up, 
because the market is doing well, because the economy is doing well, the Federal Reserve may decide to raise rates to slow it down or make it uh, make it you know just a different uh, equitable environment. Well, in that case, theoretically, mm-hmm. your bonds go down, your stocks go up. So, are equities more risky than bonds? Maybe not. So again, depends on the scenario. Over a long term, we are going to agree equities, stocks are more volatile. They do go up and down a lot more. But depending on what's next, talk about one week, one month, three months, six months, you could definitely have a situation where these little safe investments called bonds are actually the ones that go down. And so people who are investing in bonds better be careful. And again, talk to a professional Mm -hmm. to find out um, if your bond allocation is appropriate for where we are and where we're going. Okay. So investing in individual stocks is best. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. You think so? I do. Okay. Well... (laughs) So fair enough. Move on to the next one. (laughs) Just kidding. Okay. So this myth, investing in individual stocks is best. It depends. Again, if you want to uh, just have one investment Mm -hmm. or a handful of stocks, then you're going to be subject to those companies and that specific risk. Okay. We have a quote that I don't know who said it, but it's stay diversified and don't keep all your eggs in one basket. Okay, so um, there are, you know, tens of thousands of stocks out there. Mm -hmm. So you have to have tens of millions of dollars to buy them all. So um, by buying individual stocks, you absolutely have what's called concentration because you just buy a handful of stocks or a stock. So you have concentration risk, which could be concentration reward. You pick that one stock. We used to talk about Tesla. Mm -hmm. We talk about, you know, Amazon. We talk about these leaders for the last 10 or 20 years. And so you buy that stock. Heck yeah. Yeah. Individual stocks are better than whatever else, but you pick the wrong stock, it goes down. So there are many other environments and many other investments that in a certain environment may uh, protect you more and help you, again, smooth out the ride. So there are ETFs, there are mutual funds, there are um, other types of investments out there that can absolutely uh, do better for you than individual stocks. But we do like individual equities mm-hmm. in an appropriate portfolio for an appropriate investor. Okay. How about that? I'm telling you. <laughs> okay. So do you need to switch to bonds when you retire? True or false? Do you need to switch to bonds when you retire? Myth number nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you need to switch to bonds when you retire? Um, the answer is maybe a little, but it's not um, 100% myth, right? The myth there is that you retire, you need to get out of the market because you're retired. Really? You don't have any more time. You have to um, protect your Because that's pile. all the money you're going to make? Is that yeah. the deal? Well, again, you're retiring, so you can't afford to lose your retirement 401k. Right. So that's what you have. So let's cash out everything we have that's in stocks. We'll buy all bonds because we'll keep them safe. Well, as we just talked about with that prior myth, Mm -hmm. you um, have uh, risks of bonds where the interest rates go up, your bonds go down. Okay. So number one, the myth of cashing out your stocks and putting them into bonds when you retire, that is wrong for that one reason I just said. But also part of that is we look at age Band investing. Mm -hmm. This is simple math, Brooke. I'm going to ask you this question. Oh, no. Okay. We use the number. We talked about centurions Mm -hmm. and now these uh, 110ians. Right. I just made that up. (laughs) But we're going to use for this centurions, 100 years old. Okay. If you're going to be 100 one day, and we would all love to and be blessed to to be that way if we're healthy and happy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, But so with that at 100, you minus your current age. 
Okay. okay. You look fantastic for 30. Oh, thank you. Okay. And I don't know, I'm maybe 29, so I should probably, for math, we'll say 30, okay? Okay, good. Okay. Good. So you take your age, uh, you take the number 100. Okay. Minus your age. In theory, 30. Okay, 30. Okay. So that means what's left should be in the stock market. Oh, 70. Okay? So 70 in the market. Only 30 in what we'll call safe or bonds, bonds. because you're 30. Right. You got to I'm the, a, it. the average retirement age, let's say, would be 60, let's say. Okay. So switch it around the other way. You, 100 minus the retiree at 60 equals what? 40. So just the simple math, you should have 40 in the stock market when you retire and 60 in other things for safety, but not going from one pile to another pile and putting it all into, and that 60, that would be typically bonds, but as we also said with another myth, buster, Right. there might be some real estate, there might be some gold, there might be some alternative investments like cryptocurrencies. So you want to always, until you're 99 <laughs> and 11 months, right. have something in the stock market. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so Fair don't enough. be putting all your money into bonds when you are retiring. Mm-hmm. Anybody out there listening or watching, okay? Okay, all right, so myth number 10, uh, you have to pick every investment correctly to succeed. Yeah, you gotta shoot. Um, you gotta shoot a thousand percent, a hundred. You gotta you yes. You gotta have a perfect accuracy. You cannot miss. Mm. Right. Right. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Right. So no. Uh, a. Uh, you do not have to pick every investment correctly to succeed. When we talked about before, not keeping all your eggs in one basket, you're gonna have some of those eggs that fall and crack because mm -hmm. they're in a basket that dropped. You can't carry. More than, I don't know, 30, 40 baskets. Right. I don't know. How do you do that? Up your arm? I mean, have anyhow. you ever waited on tables? <laughs> I have. Heck yeah. Are you kidding me? Well, you stay sure. in the weeds. Yes. So I knew you did. Heck yeah. I definitely am very proud of that pass for sure. So, anyway, so just again, keeping it simple, we like to do that around here, take complicated matters and make them simple to explain. So, um, the myth number 10 of you have to pick every investment correctly to succeed. Again, it's false. If you have all of your eggs or that one, investment in that basket and it drops and the egg cracks, then you have no more investments. But if you have different eggs in different baskets per se, mm -hmm. and one uh, basket drops and that one cracks, you have your other one, you'll be fine. Right? So that's a very simple way to explain it. Maybe. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, I'm going to go a little bit deeper into the weeds okay. and to explain this because this is fantastic. We call it the power of diversification. If you go to our website, greatlakeswealth.us, shameless plug. We have a presentation in there for our investors or our clients or the community, if you want, that talks about the power of, of diversification. And it's titled, The Wisest Strategy is to Avoid Putting All Your Eggs in One Basket. And so if you are investor A mm -hmm. and you take $500,000, okay, and we put it into one investment earning 8%, mm -hmm. very simple, and it compounds for 10 years, 500,000, the first year on 8% would be $40,000, okay? So that's the, the math. If it compounds and rolls up, that 500 in one investment that makes 8%, your result would be 1,079,400 and change, okay? 1,079,000. Fair enough, not bad. Fair enough, not bad at all. Doubled your right. money in less than 10 years, or in 10 years, you more than doubled your money. Okay, investor B takes 500,000 in a diversified portfolio of 100,000 into five things, mm -hmm. Okay. One of those things loses everything, worth zero. Okay. Boom. The other one returns uh, just your principal back. 100000 gives you 100000 Another one gives you 8%. Another one gives you 15%. Another one gives you 20%. So you put them in these five things, super safe, mm -hmm. super risky. One of the super riskies blew up. 
worth zero. Right, so that's gone. Gone. The other one's up 20%, though. Okay, so right? that makes up for it. Yep, so in between, you have a total combined return, 500,000 turns into 1.3 million and change. Okay, and you're really only working with 400,000 because the one went to zero. Right. Fair enough? Yeah. So, again, that right there can plainly um, uh, and hopefully clearly show that you don't have to hit a home run or have every investment work. It has to be your basket. Mm-hmm. We call it the portfolio. Oh, okay. the fancier term. <laughs> there you go. So, anyway, so that's, uh, hopefully that myth is put to bed as well. For sure. Diversify. Okay but take different risks depending on different scenarios. Again, talk to your professional for your specific situation. I will never look at eggs the same way again. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, bonus myth 11. Uh, it takes just too much time to invest. Too much time. Too Heck much yeah, time. it does. So you know what? There's a little uh, there's a little softball up in the air. Hire a professional. <laughs> Simple, right? It takes too much time. Hire a professional. I don't have the time. I'm hiring you. That's exactly right. And so, sure, there's a ver- that's serious. So you can do that. Or, heck no, you have a 401k at work, and so you really don't need to hire a professional because it's all through your employer. Mm-hmm. Well, there's this thing called the target date fund inside your 401k. Anyone out there listening mm-hmm. or viewing that has a retirement plan, 401k, 403b, they should have as an option these target date retirement funds where you just pick the year you're going to retire. What is it, 2021? Mm. I'm, I'm retiring next year, 2022. Right. No, just I wish. So, or again, if you're 30 and you're going to retire in 35 years, so you would pick the target date fund that says the calendar year date that you're going to retire. Okay. And guess what? You put your money into there. And it auto rebalances every year the closer you get to retirement. It goes from super risky to super middle to super safe, depending on closer to retirement you get. Fair enough? Yeah. So that target date fund, also known as a TDF, TDF, there's a new one for y'all, TDF. So you can put it in there. It's on auto rebalance in theory. You don't have to ever go check or uh, put much more time into your retirement or financial investing planning than that. Now, I would then go back to actually you should hire a professional to help you find your way. Correct. And I agree with you. Yes. So that would be the bonus. Number 10 plus one more is number 11. Mm -hmm. That will get you to um, some of the uh, myth busting for episode two here on the uh, What Do We Do podcast. Wasn't too bad. I learned a lot. <laughs> well, that's good, right? And we're just getting started, <laughs> right, as we say. See, but so. along those lines, listen, there are many misconceptions out there about investing, right? And so myths are born because people say things and whether they hold true for a short period of time or whatever the situation is, that it continues to just kind of be fake news or, again, something that sounds good because it looks good. Mm -hmm. But, again, by bringing them out, hopefully we have today encouraged potentially new investors to get out there and start investing. So here at Great Lakes Wealth, we do say the very first step to be a successful investor is to start now. So start now. And again, as we said, you could start with a little bit, a hundred bucks. You can start on your phone, right? You can start on your phone with less than a hundred bucks mm-hmm. and then just add and compound and continue down the track. And then you'll, um, you know, you'll hopefully by the time you're ready to retire, you'll have that financial freedom and you'll have the uh, retirement uh, that you're looking for and hoping to have. And with that, we want to know if you have anything else that you want to ask, you want to talk to me about as it relates to myths. And hopefully we'll put a few of them to bed today. Yes, definitely. Well, you know what? Honestly, Dewey, I learned so much. And I just have one more question for you. How often should a person check their 401k? That's a very good question, too. So I think it just depends on um, 
Well, what? I guess it depends on just, you know, um, that's a, you, stumped, you stumped the teacher. <laughs> Okay. So, oh, my job is done. There you go. Great. So, um, again, at least quarterly, you should, again, you get it. They send you a quarterly statement, right, you get a statement. either in the mail or electronic. So that is kind of a good, te- uh, you know, position to be in to do that. Um, the closer you're getting to retirement and the larger the amount, maybe you do want to check if you are actively, you know, um, investing inside your plan. But again, we would also say take a step back and you don't need to be micromanaging or actively trading your retirement plan through work. So again, depending on your specific situation, I think a default would be quarterly. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's a smaller amount and you're just getting started, then maybe even just once a year. Um, again, you don't want to get caught up in the hype, but um, every once in a while, um, there's volatility in the market. And if the volatility increases or the market drops, check all of your investments mm-hmm. and see if there's an opportunity to get in more, take advantage of the drop, and then again, if the market has had a wonderful run as a period where it's outperforming, again, take a look, be active, take a look at your investment and see if you should sell a little, take a little profit and uh, then rebalance. So the answer is depending on your situation. Okay. Okay. How's that? Or how about this? Just call you. Call your financial <laughs> professional for exactly. sure. Uh, visit our website, please, greatlakeswealth.us. We have calculators. We have presentations. We have tools just to help the community, help investors either get started, continue on the path, or again, when you're ready to retire, it is a whole new ball game. So just make sure that uh, you take your time, do your work, and um, you know, one day at a time. Okay. One quarter at a time, one year at a time. We got it. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough, sir. Well, as we always say, live your best life. This has been episode two, season two, and we're just Just getting getting started. The opinions expressed in this program are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It's only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risks and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional.